Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise. Examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues, Hammond.Institute. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we're going behind the headlines. All week, beginning with our broadcast on Monday and continuing on our website, we examined civil asset forfeiture. That's the law enforcement tool used to seize assets, cash, and property believed to be associated with criminal activity. Often, those assets are kept by law enforcement, even when no charges are filed. This week, the U.S. Supreme Court stepped in with a major ruling impacting that process. Joining me in studio to talk about it is Bill Freivel. Bill Freivogel, that is. He has reported all week on our online civil asset forfeiture series. Bill, the Supreme Court has ruled that the Constitution's uh, ban on excessive fines applies to the states. What does that mean to the forfeiture process? Well, it means that states such as Indiana, where that case came from, um, cannot uh, impose of, you know, seize a piece of property or seize cash uh, that's uh, so much out of proportion to the wrong that uh, the person did. So uh, this involved a case by the na- uh, of a person by the name of Tyson Timms. He lived in Marion, Indiana, and uh, he had gotten hooked on opi- opioids, and he ran out of money to buy opioids, got hooked on heroin. His father died. There was a life insurance policy <clears throat> of $70,000. He spent 45000 on a Land Rover. He then sold some drugs out of the Land Rover, got caught by the cops, uh, and prosecuted. The maximum fine for his prosecution was $10,000, but they uh, nevertheless held on to the Land Rover uh, and uh, said it should be forfeited in the process. So is it, is it an, ex- an excessive fine uh, for police to hold on to a $45,000 Land Rover mm-hmm. when the maximum fine for, for the thing that um, – that Tim's uh, had done was only $10,000. Uh, some lower courts in Indiana said, yes, that's an excessive fine. The Indiana Supreme Court uh, then said, well, you know, the Eighth Amendment, which is where the excessive fines prohibition uh, is in the, um, in the Bill of Rights, the Eighth Amendment's never been applied by the Supreme Court to the states. So we don't have to follow. In Indiana, we don't have to follow the Eighth Amendment, that part of the Eighth Amendment. Well, um, but how about Missouri? Missouri has uh, Missouri does not have the same kind of prohibitions. There were only about four. Indiana was one of about mm-hmm. four states. Uh, I think maybe Michigan, Montana were amongst uh, the others that said uh, the Eighth Amendment hasn't been applied to the state, so we're going to ignore it. Well, the Supreme Court said it's too late for that. Uh, the Eighth, the excessive fines clause, just like the cruel and unusual. Punishment uh, part of the Eighth Amendment is fundamental to our concept of ordered liberty. It's been in the Constitution ever since the ever since the um, since the Bill of Rights was written. It goes back to the Magna Carta and to the English Bill of Rights in the 1600s. It's fundamental to uh, you know, our whole Anglo-Saxon uh, rule of law. So that's what Ruth and Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote that opinion for the court. Uh, Indiana, you've got to follow. Uh, you've got to follow the Eighth Amendment excessive fines clause. Is this a first step, though, in getting at the uh, overall problem with the forfeiture 
situation? Well, it's actually a, a fairly limited step. I think I think some of the media stories uh, after the Supreme Court opinion sort of exaggerate how big a step it was. Um, I, I, I interviewed a person, David Smith, who's a real he's a Virginia lawyer, who's a real expert on this, who said it really didn't have very much effect. Uh, for example, you know, in our stories <laughs> that we talked about on Monday, Don, uh, we talked in particular about two counties in in Missouri, uh, Phelps County uh, down by Rolla and St. Charles County, and they are are hauling in the biggest uh, uh, takes of cash through the civil asset forfeiture process. You know, stopping people along Highway 44 and Highway 70, and uh, taking the cash, uh, and and then uh, going through a federal process. Uh, of and, and and getting most of it back then to spend on their own needs, police cars, uh, jails, etc. Uh, that process is not affected at all by this Supreme Court opinion. It all, the Eighth Amendment already applied in that situation because it, this was you know they went through the federal process, so the so the so the the, the Eighth Amendment. Uh, was already applicable to the federal process, mm -hmm. uh, and, and just you know, just yesterday, um, the state auditor filed her year annual report uh, on asset forfeitures in Missouri, and it showed that uh, nine million dollars uh, was seized in property was seized by um, uh, police and sheriff's deputies uh, this past year. That was up two million from uh, the year before, so that's 2018 versus 2017. And of the nine million, uh, five million of it was seized in St. Charles County and Phelps County. Three million in St. Charles, uh, two million in Phelps. And um, out of those, there were a total of sixty stops, sixty-four stops. There were a total. There were only criminal charges filed in six of those cases. So in most of these cases, no criminal charges are being filed, no drugs are being found, but the money is being seized and. Uh, and then used for law enforcement purposes. So that, that's what captures everyone's attention is the fact that no <laughs> charges are filed right. and the cops keep the money. So even <laughs> though the, the, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's decision for a unanimous Supreme Court on Wednesday doesn't have a, a direct impact on that, it may have a psychological impact. Uh, Tony Messenger of the Post-Dispatch had an interesting column in this morning's Post-Dispatch uh, about a reform bill that Shamid Dogan of, um, I believe it's from Baldwin, uh, has been pushing a number of years in the legislature with a little success, mm -hmm. but it, uh, according to Tony, uh, it was passed unanimously out of the uh, uh, Dogan's uh, House committee yesterday, uh, and it would cut off this entire route of sending the, the, you know, that Phelps County and St. Charles County have been using of sending these millions of dollars through the federal uh, process so that they can get it back and spend it on law enforcement purposes. We'll see if that passes the legislature. It hasn't the past two years. The mes messenger says that uh, the Supreme Court decision puts more teeth in the whole um, the whole uh, criminal reform uh, uh, process. Yeah, I think it. I, I think that that's that that's true, and, and it applies outside of civil asset forfeiture too. It applies to anything where there's excessive fines. So you know, think back to Ferguson. Uh, to, to, to these you know, mm -hmm. municipalities that are charging exorbitant fines in order to fund municipal uh, 
uh, you know, their municipal projects. Uh, the, ex- the applying uh, the, the excessive fines caused the Eighth Amendment to the states could affect that kind of situation. Tony's been writing a lot about um, uh, people who end up with big bills for having been boarded in jails around uh, Missouri and then not being able to pay off those bills. It could affect that kind of a situation as well. That is really striking, uh, that that particular part of the story. And they're all yeah. kind of linked together, you know, yeah. kind of linked together. But uh, to think that, that that people are charged room and board when they're in jail, and if they can't pay it, it's back to jail where the bill it's, goes up. It's back to jail, yes. Yeah. I mean, those have been great stories that I think Messenger has had. And, and uh, I, you know, it looks as though we're moving towards reforms in that area as well. Yeah. What do you make of a unanimous decision by the Supreme Court on this? Well, it's, it, it's, it's actually not surprising because this is one area where you get the, the conservative libertarians like Justice Thomas and, uh, uh, and uh, Gorsuch on the one hand, and you've got the liberals like uh, Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the other all agreeing because you know, they all take this sort of libertarian view that the police are – you know, this is this really amounts to policing for profit. Mm-hmm. That when you allow the police to seize this property and then use it for their budgetary needs, that the you know the, the police departments have got uh, sort of an un, unclean hands. You know, they want to seize as much property mm-hmm. as possible so that they have it for their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in places like Phelps County, they have a new jail. They've got a bunch of new police cars. Shoot, don't shoot. Uh, range for officers, uh, lots of, uh, you know, weightlifting equipment, a whole new courthouse, uh, a whole new courtroom. So it's very important to the, they find, they consider it to be a, a, you know, a godsend. They they wanted to continue, obviously. Yes. There's yes, no question do. about that. Where has the Supreme Court stood on this issue in the past? It has ruled in the past on uh, civil asset forfeiture. It has ruled in the past. We talked a little bit on Monday about the case from the, from the uh, 1990s. Uh, uh, where uh, a couple in, in Michigan, the Bennises, uh, John Bennis used the family car to uh, uh, consort with prostitutes. His wife, Tina, didn't know about it. Uh, the police took the car. Tina said, hey, <laughs> I'm innocent in this mm-hmm. one. I'm the, I'm the victim. And the Supreme Court said, no, you know, it's actually the car. This, is, this operates on the legal mm-hmm. fiction. And it's actually the car that is the criminal. And so, you, you, Tina, you may be innocent, but the car was criminal and they were taking the whole car. Mm. So the bottom line <laughs> to the Supreme Court ruling yesterday, although it was indicated that it was going to have a dramatic effect on uh, uh, asset forfeiture, uh, certainly not in Missouri going to have much of an effect at all. No money's going back to uh, these people who were n- not charged, anything like that. No, it, it, won't have, it won't directly have any effect in Missouri, and, but indirectly, if Shamed Dogan's bill passes, and it's what uh, Tony Messenger outlines it to be, uh, to cut off this whole federal route of sending the money through the feds and getting it back for the state law enforcement to use. That, that if, it, if, it, if it adds momentum to that reform process, it could have a big effect. Yeah. Well, that's what we'll be watching. Uh, yeah. Anything else that we should be looking for with regard to uh, where this is all going? Well, it seems... 
I think just I'd say it, it would seem as though this whole subject is getting uh, getting additional attention and additional uh, momentum. Um, you know, it seems as though about every three or four years there's like an, an another push for reform. Um, you know, maybe maybe this will lead to some reforms within uh, within Congress. There have been proposals in the past mm-hmm. that would, you know, try to disconnect the 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 forfeitures from the law enforcement uh, spending, so that the the, law, the, the the so that the officers who are seizing the property don't have unclean hands trying to get a hold of the property. And with some of the new blood in Congress these days, there's, there's a, uh, a likelihood that they could move in that yeah. direction. Charles or Gra- try to. Right. Charles Grassley, you know, the conservative uh, Republican from Iowa, is a big supporter of that kind of reform. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Bill, thank you for bringing us up to speed on where we stand now that the Supreme Court has ruled. Uh, not much change here, but uh, stay tuned and keep right. your eye on the legislature. Yes. Bill Freifolga, thank you very much for taking us behind the headlines. Always great to see you. This is St. Louis on the Air and St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.